Welcome to the second Transatlantic Conversation podcast. Today, we invited to talk about liberty. And in the invitation, I already mentioned that liberty is one of the major cornerstones of the US Constitution and therefore of US society. Additionally, liberty is a core idea of enlightenment, political philosophy and political theory. And also, and this might be the, the easiest entrance into talking about liberty, it is or is it a feeling that most of us experience every day in some way or another. As a background for the conversation, I've sent around three texts. Um, all of them are quite different. So the, one, the first one is Left and Right, The Prospect of Liberty. It's a text from around uh, 1965. The second text is The Idea of Freedom has two different meanings. It's, uh, I think, from last year, text in, in Times Magazine. And then there's another text from, from Hannah Arendt. It's called What is Freedom? And I have some small parts of it Uh, spoken or I've read some part of it already and spoken into my microphone so I can share the sound with you and then uh, just so from time to time we have specific texts that we can uh, start our ideas off but if you have specific own ideas already feel free to come up with some thought about what is liberty for you how it is we understand liberty in the political context but I think I start with one of the quotes that's often the easiest let's go being alert to this history can help us to understand why today people can use the same word freedom to mean two very different things when conservative politicians like Rand Paul and advocacy groups Freedom Works or the Federalist Society talk about their love of liberty, they usually mean something very different from civil rights activists like John Lewis and from the revolutionaries, abolitionists and feminists in whose footsteps Lewis walked. Instead, they are channeling 19th century conservatives like Francis Parkman and William Graham Summer who believe that freedom is about protecting property rights, if need be, by obstructing democracy. Hundreds of years later, those two competing views of freedom remain largely unreconcilable. For me, this notion was at least in, yeah, maybe even in all the three texts, it was always clear that liberty is such a broad idea that you can use it from different perspectives and that you can actually mean, like just uh, the quote said, you can use it in, in such a different way that it's almost opposite one to another. And um, especially in US politics, I, I like you have the liberals, which are often meant by the Democratic Party. And then there's also libertarians, who actually want to have such a small government, such a small political area that uh, it's really the opposite of what liberals want to impose by politics so that there's a kind of individual freedom, individual liberty, but for everyone in some sense, 
but imposed by politics. So the group, the society tries to yeah, improve liberty by being there and be doing something so that one or the other single person, individual might feel less liberty. So um, yeah, for me, this, this notion is, is yeah, maybe the most interesting uh, and, and I'm interested what you, how you feel this, this broad sense of liberty, this two different meanings. Um, yeah. Um, I would like to, to approach the, um, the word liberty or the idea behind li liberty um, from a little bit different perspective um because you can but it also gets gets out to, to two different views on the one hand if you comprehend liberty as one individualist liberty that one can do whatever in quotes he want and um the second one would be that you approach it from um the view of society in which the individual can gain as much liberty as possible and still be able to to live in that society and i think that this is this comprehension of of liberty is is a starting point for for many philosophers for example um i'm, I'm thinking all the time of, of thomas hobbes who says that um if you grant everyone the liberty he wants we'll we'll end up in chaos and there is a need for for a government and a state who controls this liberty and puts again in quotes, um, the people's liberty in chains so that they can live uh, in freedom together and so that they can guarantee that, that amount of liberty um, to each individual. I found very interesting about the statement and you already uh, hinted at it. Um, it depends on perspective. And I guess uh, this is its liberty of every single person to define what liberty means for themselves, right? So there's different groups in society and they have different ideas of what liberty means to themselves. Um, and they can define it according to their, to their own ideas of what liberty should be. So we have uh, people who um, have their own property and they think they should be let alone with their property and they should do whatever they want to do with their property and so forth. This can be one aspect of liberty. We have other people and they... Um, maybe think of liberty more in a political sense. So they want to have freedom of expression, freedom of speech and so forth, or freedom to assembly. Uh, assembly. So um, maybe it can seem contradictory at, at, uh, um, at first uh, to think that there's so many different views on liberty, but it just depends on the perspective. I agree that of course the perspective is at least if you try to find a definition for liberty often it's it's who's thinking about it that you each person feels liberty in in a different sense so they also have a different idea of of liberty what also is interesting in in Hannah Arendt's text she differentiate uh, differentiates between freedom and free will and Uh, for example, in ancient Athens, there was no thought of, of free will. So they only thought about freedom. And there was always in this political context that 
freedom meant that you can go on the street and put your notion of life out there, discuss it and be uh, a public figure in some sense. Just that free will and also a certain liberty as a precondition, they never thought about it because, for example, slaves at that time obviously couldn't be part of politics so they had also not that freedom to speak out and in some sense they were also not regarded to having a free will because they were treated as things and she explains that this free will and that's also something in in uh, criminal law uh, free will is such an important thing because it's it establishes our responsibility uh, nowadays. And, and she explains that free will came up in the discussions first by uh, Christian theolo uh, theologists who explain that it's also something given to each person. So yeah, maybe... Could you, could you explain me how you differentiate then free will and freedom? And do you think that's also depending on, on the perspective or is Hannah Arendt in some, or is she right? Or in how far you understand this two different forms of liberty in a historical sense or in ever, whatever sense uh, you, you want to understand it? I mean, what I can understand is if you say, if you look at it in a, in a historical perspective, um, the individual gradually became more and more important. We were looking more and more at the individual and saying, uh, you as a person matter and uh, your um, opinion and choice and so forth matters. So I can understand that the concept of free will is something, is something more recent, but I'm not sure to what extent you can think of the concept of of freedom, at least in our modern times, without also accepting free will. I mean, if you, for example, elect a political party, so if you have the the, the outside freedom, which uh, Hannah Arendt was talking about, um, if it is not really your choice which party you elect, is that then freedom? Or um, to me, it seems a little self-contradictory. I don't know. What do you think about this? I think I have to to agree to that degree uh, to that degree that um, free will and freedom coincide with one another, and yet you can have freedom without being, in a way, granted a free will. So, as an example, uh, when when the government imposes certain restrictions on you, um, you still have the freedom to move within these restrictions. And some would regard this as, as total freedom and some would regard this as, as repressive and not fair in a way. Uh, but if you're not granted the freedom of expression, for example, I would consider that as being, being um, as a restriction of your free will so that you can change the government, change the rules and, and, and so forth. If you know what I what I mean by by saying that, I, I would actually say it's it's the opposite because free will. Uh, when I when I thought about free will, I also thought about dignity. So free will is actually something that you can't take away 
from a person. So even though you restrict everything, you might not be able to have any freedom to move, to say something, even there might be ways that people can stop you from free thinking. So there might start the point where free will stops. But until then, I would say free will is something that stands. And then, of course, to implement this free will in your life, and, and not even in the political sphere, but in your personal life, uh, there might be already many difficulties. So if, if you don't have you don't have the liberty to be part in politics. So this freedom you don't have. And, and you also don't have the liberty to live in the way you want to. But if you have the feeling, I want to live in such a way, I, I still believe that there is in some way free will. So the question is, what justifies the uh, existence of the concept of freedom or the bias in favor of having freedom? if you do not accept that a person has got free will, if a person is just living according to their in instincts and more like a machine, then it's, it's maybe a little difficult to, to justify why there should be um, a bias in favor of, of, of the person being free. So what, what, I, what I'm trying to say is if you, if, you have a, if, if you have a society and you have government rules, I would say that the concept of freedom also has like a presumption that the government should not interfere unless there's a good reason. But if, if the government, that if the persons themselves are not free, if they are just a machine, then the government could just interfere and could steer people's behavior uh, according to what would produce the best social outcome. So if you don't accept the concept of free will, I guess the government could have a much stronger, could take a much, could be much more interfering into uh, the everyday life of, of individual persons and could be much more steering um, on, on society. So it would be a much more uh, utilitaristic society where you can uh, focus a lot more on the outcome and a lot less on the individual, on, on the decision-making process and on the freedom of the individual. So I think our understanding is that Free will is a concept that we believe in and we agree that it is something existent in every human. We are interested that there was, in, in history, there was a notion where free will was questioned so that people thought that others don't have free will. But today we believe every person has free will. So that's something, the bottom line of liberty if I is that the, or did I understand you correctly? Or do you agree? Yes, I think so. Okay, then let's if if you agree, let's let's go to a different quote where it's already about the politi political sphere of liberty. It's also from What is Freedom from Hannah Arendt. Well, actually, I think the last quote wasn't from Hannah Arendt, but this one is. As of totalitarianism. Its claim to having subordinated all spheres of life to the demands of politics and its consistent non-recognition of civil rights, above all the right of privacy and the right to freedom from politics, makes us doubt not only the coincidence of politics and freedom, but their very compatibility. We are inclined to believe that freedom begins where politics ends 
because we have seen that freedom has disappeared when so-called political considerations overruled everything else. Was not the liberal credo, the less politics, the more freedom, right after all? And maybe this touches already what, what you have said before, that uh, politics need to argue when to impose rules and this that politics in some sense always restricts liberty in some sense. So she goes one step further and says there's or, or at least she thinks about it, that politics or that there's always or that, that, that there only can be politics or liberty, which is also something that the, the other text maybe we have later also quote from there, at least pushes in some way, I think. It's the text from, from uh, left and right, the prospect of liberty. They always, or they also got the sense that society or politics are borders of liberty. Maybe just what are you thinking about that this antagonism between politics and freedom or politics and liberty? I have two problems with this. Um, so the first problem is if you say politics is, is not freedom or is the opposite of freedom, if I understand the quote correctly, I would first need to ask what is the definition of politics? Is, is politics just the outcome of the decision-making process um, or the decision-making process itself? Or is politics interference? Because if you say politics is just a decision-making process and an outcome of this decision-making process, it can, this is freedom. Freedom, free, you, you can, you can uh, have the freedom and then not take a decision or you can take a decision not to interfere or you can even take a decision to interfere. This is, this, uh, in, in my opinion at least, even uh, interfering with, it's if you decide uh, about this in a political process, in a democratic process, this can be freedom if uh, there has been a, a discussion. Um, and the second point about society Uh, not being uh, compatible with with freedom. What I what I also don't understand about it, you need a place to live your freedom, right? I mean, you can take your property and just go into the mountains and hide, sure. Um, but then is maybe you cannot experience it as freedom anymore or as property anymore because property is only property when there's another person and you can tell the other person that's mine or that's yours or free or equally political freedom. You, if you say something, you need to say it to somebody, you need to have a, re a recipient. I mean, you can scream at the mountain and you can have your own views in the mountain, but probably there's nobody else who cares or who notices. So for me, freedom can only exist in society and so, so society has a process To, to govern itself, which would be politics. So politics is also compatible with freedom. What, what do you think about this? Go ahead, please. Um, well, I think that everything you said is very interesting and all, especially this decision-making process and the decision-making or having the decision made. And, and, and there's also, I think, very much the perspective that decides how we, we see it. Because I agree that, and that I think also Hannah Arendt agrees that for her, freedom is to be 
in a way free that you can be part of the political process. And there is actually the, the area where you really live freedom. So she might even say, without freedom, there is no politics because freedom comes first and then people try to talk about how they want to have certain rules set as you just mentioned property property doesn't come from it is but it comes from decision making it becomes from people thinking about how to treat certain things and how they want to relate to them and how they want others to relate to such a thing so i i, I certainly agree that you can't divide in at least in democracy you can't divide politics and, and liberty in a monarchy It, it might be a different thing if there's really a small group of people deciding things and you don't have influence on them uh, and also you, you don't have really any yeah any way of getting together with a larger group to to create a certain poli policy making process out of a monarchy and and, and uh, pushing your your ideals toward a small group of, of decision makers. Um, this might be different, but still there you can create politics, even though you're actually not the group of people that is instated to, to, um, to rule. Mm, yeah. um, I might want to add that Hannah Arendt probably already got in mind the totalitarian systems that rose at, at certain times in history. And um, as, you, as you mentioned, um, within a monarchy, there is clearly a kind of exclusiveness between uh, politics or governments and rules and freedom for most of the people that do not take part in the decision making actively. And therefore, I have to agree with the position, position that the freedom that you, that you have and that you can take part in the decision making and in politics, as you, as you said, that is indeed a part of freedom and yet many people in democracies where the idea is that everyone can participate in the in the political system and in the decision making and in the end that the decisions and rules that are imposed by the government are those of the will of the people would still say that these rules limit their their freedom and restrict them in certain ways even if they have elected, um, if, even if they are part of the majority that elected the government. And therefore, I think it's in democracy, it's definitely not a relationship of exclusiveness between freedom and, and politics. And still, for example, in Germany and in America, um, people would fundamentally disagree over um, how many rules are needed and um, whether these are still part of our freedom if we elected a government. What I find very interesting about the uh, monarchy example um, is it brings us back to the beginning where we talked about perspective matters when you talk about freedom. Uh, because in my opinion, at least, freedom cannot exist as an abstract concept. You always need a beneficiary. You always need a single person who experiences freedom. And in the monarchy, you have different classes. You have a ruling class and you have a ruled class. And obviously the ruling class, they experience freedom. They do whatever they want. They have unlimited power, depending on in which situation you are. But if you are the king or the queen, the head of state, you probably 
have uh, a lot of power, so you certainly can experience some freedom. Probably this kind of freedom would also be more associated with um, when we were talking about the tensions between different definitions of freedom with the property side of freedom, the uh, side of the ruling class, whereas from the side of the ruled class, their definition of freedom would probably be more like political aspects of freedom. So they fight, so, so, so smaller groups of uh, people, maybe working people, they fight for their own rights. They want to express their own opinion. Maybe there's a small minority which has a different religion. So they fight to live their religion and so forth. So for them, liberty maybe has different aspects, uh, different, um, yeah, different aspects of liberty. And we can see that in every political system, even in the monarchy, you can find aspects of freedom in, in individuals, depending on in, in what situation you're, you're located. Maybe we could get another quote later that also tackles, or maybe even more than one quote that tackles those issues, because it's also something even today we see that those who argue with liberty and by that try to protect their liberty or their property, they already actually have a certain large amount of liberty nowadays. And those who argue with liberty and try to gain liberty, they have the feeling today that they don't have liberty and that someone needs to give them liberty. And those who argue with liberty and property and protection of those, they say government or politics stop doing things you're interfering with what we already have. And this is also, this might be possible, or it might be possible to translate this to, to other political forms like monarchy, where also the ruling class, who are also those who are the owning class, they also try to, well, they, they, their politics didn't inf interfere with their personal freedom, but they, their politics interfered with those who, who are ruled, so the ruled class. And this is where revolution started. So in some way, the monarchies didn't work as good anymore for whatever reason. And then the ruled class started to feel, okay, we have the chance to raise our voices, overthrow something. And then one of their main goals was was liberty. And then what what is also an interesting distinction while talking about liberty, there's the difference between to be free of fear and to be free, free of need. So depending on the society, you might have, there's nothing you need to fear, uh, like the state doesn't interfere directly with your personal life, but you don't have the, the means to just to, to create your own freedom by having food every day, having housing, having whatever else. And those two were also two different reasons why revolution started. Some were in such a need that they had to, something had to change for them. And others, their life, like they had the basic things that they needed, but they wanted to have this political freedom. They didn't want to be afraid of saying what they thought. Uh, so their reason was actually they didn't want oppression anymore. So if I understood you correctly, in the end, it's about the extent of freedom that, that everybody is granted or that everybody has. And we agreed on that everybody has a free will. And 
the other point freedom is to to what extent i can live out that that free will that i have um what i'm trying to say is that i agree with with your your different views of of freedom and freedom of uh, to be free of need or to be free of fear and still this is um in a perspective to to the government and if you view it from the from the point of society there will always be those who have in a way more freedom as they have more they have more property they have um, more opportunities and so forth and um so their extension of freedom is in a way broader than the one of those who who have who have less than them and um i think that this is also a very interesting thought that if you want in a society to grant everybody the the same freedoms then you would have to to treat everybody absolutely equal and give everybody the same property the same rights the same same voice same opportunities and so forth but in modern society and with capitalism and um the the way that we live and the political system that we live in um there will always be different kinds of freedom and different kinds of opportunities and ways to live you mentioned now liberty and equality and how they stand to each other in some way and the question is and then let's also let's try to again uh, differentiate between what people need and and fear and when then putting fear positively is being at liberty to at least the way i understand to being at liberty to be part of politics or being free to be part, openly part of society i think there's two things that equality means there at what people need maybe there also as we talked about free will there's a bottom line of what people need and this is something so basic that if they don't have this there is also no liberty on top of free will because they're just struggling every day for the basic needs so in that sense there needs to be a bottom line of equality at least as an idea and then thinking back to ancient athens so their freedom meant only to be part of political society because the question of need was already guaranteed in, in a sense they had it like they had households i think that was even a necessity to to be part of politics you needed to have a house you had to, slaves etc so this question of need is no question there but still then in in the political area or the political arena there needs to be a certain equality so that you can discuss openly if there's like you're not equal equal but if you are talking between someone who can raise his voice to a monarch or someone who can raise his voice but his votes count only one and someone else's vote counts 10 then this inequality makes it difficult to have a really open political discussion so even Or, and that's something maybe today we experience in at least all democratic societies that there's equality talking about one man, one woman, one vote. So their equality is, is established even though 
that economic equality is not reached. But in the political sense, people are equal. Also, if you go to court, people are equal. It's at least they should be, and and on paper they are. Uh, and and on paper, in many areas, we created equality between different origins, different ways of thinking, different uh, sex, etc. So there's equality and equality is also an important factor to, to create liberty, but I, I and, and, and even without it, they might not be liberty actually, but then equality doesn't need to go to 100% to have 100% liberty you can have 100% liberty even though there is not 100% equality just one way of understanding it maybe so probably this notion of liberty you 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 said that um, it requires a certain mi minimum uh, limit uh, to to experience liberty i think i would i would call um, i would call that meaningful liberty or to have to yeah to have meaningful liberty to be able to experience liberty because even if you don't have any means to to realize a liberty in in practice at least if you come from the um, origin of free will you would at least have no, no notional or nom nominal liberty but in order for you to to live your liberty you need to have a certain minimum minimum standard of living so you need to have you need to have the economic means um, to 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 survive to get food and everything i guess different societies have different ideas on on where you need to draw this minimum line but uh, probably a lot of a lot of more progressive societies have come to the conclusion that at least there's some minimum minimum amount which you need in order to 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 live a uh, to to live your liberty. When you talk about the minimum amount, are you also referring to need and fear, or to which are you referring, or what is the background? What needs to be there at the minimum? I guess you can define you can see need and fear as as two sides of the same coin, because if you are if you are starving, if you Uh, if 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 you are if you are starving, you you are probably uh, you probably experience a lot of fear, a lot of uh, you you you. If you if you need to fight every day in order to uh, uh, to to get from one day to another, you 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 are you don't have the uh, possibility to look uh, any further in the future. You are just uh, caught there in the present in your in your routine in your in your wheel so i guess i guess these are just two aspects really and uh, it can uh, really have an influence on the individual's uh, experience of liberty yeah i i wonder if that fulfillment of of basic needs is enough equality to guarantee that you can really live free or experience your free will because if in a in a social state um, you provide everyone with food. Everyone has access to food so and, and housing and um, the things to, in a way, the minimum to survive. Does that really uh, create enough equality 
that they can experience their free will. Um, for example, if I say a certain um, group is not allowed to go to university or to, to attend a school, they'll always be seen inferior to those with better education and higher education. And I think it is very difficult to, to draw that bottom line that you mentioned um, from which you can really say, um, okay, now we have a standard for everyone. And from there on, um, they are involved in every discussion and in the, in the political concourse and, and so on, so that they can really experience their freedom. And I think that the, the as you said, the, the fear of uh, the, <clears throat> the freedom of need um, is not enough to, to guarantee that. But it's the first step, which is necessary to get to a second step. And well, let me just put another quote. A state in which there is no communication between the citizens and where each man thinks only his own thoughts is by definition a tyranny. I thought about this now because if you don't have education, this limits your ability of communication. And it's also something that unequalizes the political conversation. Something that we also have to remember is that it's also part of liberty not to go into The, the political arena or an input. I think to just think about politics as government and parliament, maybe it's even too small. Actually, our conversation is in some way a political conversation and it's putting our thoughts out there uh, for improvement or approval, but also for criticism and like creating uh, something new by this group of people talking and, and listening to your thoughts create then then adding my new own ideas even though if i don't say them and then i can say them so this is like i experience liberty now and and, and then education is something that helps so much with having certain forms of liberty if people speak just one language then they are not at liberty to to discuss an important topic in a different language. Certain ways of speaking exclude others to, to be part of a conversation because they don't feel recognized if they don't know the, the specific term or whatever. Um, and, and that's, if, if people are thinking or talking or fighting for human rights such as uh, the right of education maybe they also fighting in fact for liberty because it's not only to be at liberty to have that education but then you can go one more step with that no new knowledge that you get so maybe every fight to have one additional right is 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 in it's actually people want to have freedom in the, the way we are talking about. What I find a little difficult about, about this is, to my mind, it raises the bar of what makes somebody free very high. And then there's the problem that on the other side, everybody who is below that bar would not be free by that definition. Or is that a, 
misunderstanding. The higher the higher you raise the bar for so so if for example if you say, I mean I can understand that you say you need um, you need to have good education and so forth. I agree it's very uh, important to give everybody the chance to get good education and so forth, and it shouldn't depend on your social background and so forth. I'm just not sure um, whether this is useful in setting the bar on what is liberty higher because it would mean that everybody who is who does not reach your standard would not be free and that would actually be i think it could almost be like a, a weapon for oppression if you say you are not properly educated so you uh, are not entitled to have an opinion on this for example so you have the next uh, parliamentary elections and you say okay but you never studied politics so you are not allowed to have a vote To, to, uh, I think it's very difficult to um, beyond uh, beyond fundamental means to to use these concepts for for, for liberty. I, I I totally agree that it's very important to give everybody a good education and and everything. That that's not the question here. I think it's just it's just a problem to put this into the concept of liberty, because then you can say everybody who has not got the good education is not is not free, so they shouldn't have a say. I think that um, there might have been a misunderstanding. In I'm saying that you need to, give, need to give everybody the opportunity to receive that education and still give them the liberty or freedom not to go to university or not to go to school so that you leave it to their own decision um, to educate themselves and this creates more opportunities and not more freedom for them. If you received a very good education or you learned several languages, of course you're you're free to to talk to people all over the world and and exchange thoughts and and so forth. And still, everybody that didn't receive that um, education has to be heard, and um, his opinions have to be heard, and he has to be able to participate in the political process. I also think that. It's two different things if you it's if it's a description of someone because then I agree if you say someone is free only if you have everything and then we put the, the bar as you said like the perfect liberty is the bar of liberty so if you're not there then you're not you are not free someone is not free then that's very critical because if then it's really an exclusion of probably everyone but one person or everyone but a very, very small group. But then maybe it's freedom is not someone something that is a description of someone, but it's an action. And like I said before, if, if freedom is to create something new and, and then maybe it's not even necessary to, to have, it, it doesn't need to be intellectual, but it's, it, it's any conversation If you have the, the liberty to have that conversation, you can create something new and you can have, you have a really small idea, but then you start working on it and it's, it's functioning. And so this is where you can experience freedom in action. And that's also something that in the, the in, in what is freedom, Hannah Arendt mentions, like for her, it's freedom is spontaneity uh, or sp I don't know. Freedom is action. Like this is just notes I made with freedom always creates a new beginning. Let me just one more quote. 
maybe that just adds to to what I'm thinking. It's from uh, left and right, the prospect of liberty. And it's about how youth is important to create liberty because also there's the sense of youth being born. There's always a new beginning and a new opportunity. Youth is the leaven that keeps all these questioning, testing attitudes fermenting in the world. If it were not for this troublesome activity of youth, with its hatred of sophism and glosses, its insistence on things as they are, society would die from sheer decay. And in, in the context of the text, from, from my perspective, this the whole text is critical because I understand the text in a way that it agrees that politics and liberty, they don't work together. So you actually need to create something where everyone is in, in su at such a liberty that uh, you don't need a state that still rules. Uh, and, and so the text puts it in a way that someday there will come this state at, of liberty and the young people, they will push it because they come with new ideas. But then I agree that it's really... To, to, to have freedom is you need to think again, think new, question things as they are. Because if you just agree to like you, that's also it's if you think about it and say the way it is is the perfect way, that's also as much liberty as if you say, let's change it. But it's unprobable that the perfect way is already there. So most likely you need to change things to to um, improve and there it's it's a new beginning maybe young people also old people can have new ideas of course and, and every conversation every moment that we are at liberty creates new thought so all that time liberty is in action and and as we agreed that people are with free will everyone has the ability to have this Yeah, to be this new beginning because they are living freedom. I have two thoughts about this. So the first one um, being about, um, I like to emphasize the, the personal aspect of liberty, that it's not just a group of people, but it's an individual. So if the quote says uh, youth and they are pushing for something, they are pro pushing, they, they, they take action and they want to change something, it is... It is not a group of people. It's always the individual who is experiencing um, the freedom. And then I, I would like to say that it, can, it, it is not just the young people. It can also be old people who experience liberty. And liberty doesn't only lie in action, but equally you can also refrain from taking an act. So you can also say, okay, we look at the present situation. We look at the proposal to change and we say, no, we don't change it for whatever reason. Um, maybe because we are lazy or maybe because the current system is better than uh, the proposed system or because uh, something is too expensive or there are other disadvantages. There can be many reasons. But I think not changing something can also be liberty. Um, and uh, yeah, I think this is important to highlight. I agree. Inaction is also action. If it's yeah. thought about, if it's meaningful inaction in some sense. But still, I would I would agree with the with the thought that freedom and liberty is needed 
for progress. So if you do not grant this, this freedom or the, the individual does not have this freedom um, and liberty to overthink existing institutions and rules and so forth, then there won't be any progress. And therefore, I totally agree with the point that everything, is, every, every, everything we do is expression of our freedom and uh, can totally be the beginning of something else. So you say that there needs to be um, a meaningful, a meaningful decision. I mean, if you if you not if you do not change things, um, I I agree that it would not be freedom if you if you do not change things because there's too much resistance from the governing majority. If you live in a monarchy and you don't uh, you don't give people religious freedom, for example, because there's oppression, I would agree that's not freedom. But if you live in a system. Even if you live in a in a monarchy and you decide not to abolish the monarchy, if everybody agrees about this and everybody is free in the decision, it would be liberty. Even though you can perfectly argue that a democracy is probably the better system, um, but freedom doesn't mean that the that the outcome is good. It just uh, to me, freedom is just a process. And if uh, the process is okay, if everybody, if if uh, There was a if there was a discussion before and everything, and you come to your conclusion, that can also be freedom. So, um, yeah. Well, I I agree that the process is where freedom is experienced, and I also what you said before, freedom is something that a group can experience freedom, but in the end, it's something individual. And then, if you can create what we talked before about having as or to a certain degree equality so that people can talk and discuss eye to eye that they are free free of need this is what is actually the description of the process of liberty and then the decision is is free if you, if you can create circumstances where people are able to experience liberty i i, I completely agree that the decision might even take away liberty. Uh, um, you, in the beginning, we mentioned Hobbes. There, in, in, in some sense, you create a system where you give away your liberty in order to create a new form of liberty. And there it's because you take away uh, specifically the fear part that is in the way of getting liberty. And maybe... It's not Hobbes itself where you can see it, but Hobbes is also the starting point for new philosophers thinking about freedom, social contract, etc. So he imposed something, let's take away the fear, and then others added on so that people created individual freedom, liberty to, to live in different ways. And then it's also, it's like this is on the philosophical thought and then if you look in history it's, it's monarchy and then later democracy and today we still are trying to find ways to improve liberty and that's what i was trying to say before just on statistics it's more probable that you need to change something to improve things than that you already reached the perfect point because perfect point is it's just one option of, of of many and improvement is many options of many i have a, a good example of 
um, a, a progressive and very modern example of uh, destroying liberty, uh, the right to kill yourself. It has been uh, discussed a lot, uh, for example, in Germany at the moment, it is, uh, it is discussed a lot whether or not you have the right to kill yourself if you are, if you are very sick, for example. And by killing yourself, you destroy yourself, you destroy your own liberty, but you take, you take a decision, you take a free decision, and that can be, so you can have liberty and then not have liberty in the end. So there's a, a free decision and the outcome is not liberty. It might, it might seem a bit uh, contradictory, but um, that, I, I guess that would be an example where you, where, where you, where you take a decision and then the out, a free decision and then the outcome is not free. The outcome is not free is when we decide that this is not an op not a possibility or it's not free because who's dead can't experience freedom anymore. Yeah, this the latter one, the second one. I think it's a very it's it's an interesting point and uh, also a very difficult topic. But now, without having thought about it too much, I'd say since everyone dies. This, this aspect or this limit of freedom everyone reaches. So of course you you it's probable that you wouldn't die in from natural cause in the same moment. So you limit the lifespan where you can experience liberty. But this final moment of liberty, the, the, the last moment where you're still alive, it's it's also experiencing liberty at that moment. And the moment after the question of liberty doesn't arise anymore, does it? I mean, you can have this on a smaller scale. You can agree with somebody hurting you. Okay, you can agree with somebody trespassing on your land and then it's not trespass anymore. So that would also be an example where you exercise freedom and then curtail your own freedom. But, but you don't lose freedom if you are okay. Like if... If someone visits me, they enter my home. And if I wouldn't agree with them, then this might be reduction of my liberty. But since I'm happy that like that someone comes today, so uh, it's also experiencing liberty. Okay, but if you agree with somebody cutting off your arm, for example, that would probably not be criminal, right? So the other person would not, would not be punished for it. Yeah. But you would probably be restricted in a certain sense afterwards but old, like uh, I, i wouldn't understand anyone who wanted to do so if there's no medical reasons but if someone does let's let, i don't know I, in in some books uh, in fantasy books there are religions where this is part of yeah re religious belief and, and then people don't lose liberty because it's like of course everything that is that we can turn back like i throw my glass and at that moment i feel i i've never experienced liberty in such a sense because and that's also part of the the, the discussion of liberty can we destroy our things and it's my right my property so my liberty uh, and that moment it breaks i feel this liberty and tomorrow i think it was not such a smart idea Uh, then I can regret, but this is also part of liberty, responsibility of your actions, I think. 
but I can turn it back. So at, like I like I can on the day after. I might think I destroyed my liberty to now drink from that glass, but uh, but that doesn't yeah. doesn't restrict your freedom, does it? So if I if I have, that's what what we talked about um, in the in the middle of the of our conversation. Um, as for example of, of I choose to go to university and broaden my options or I, I choose to get um, better qualified, get a high paid job and therefore have more glasses to destroy um, that I would say would um, give me in a way more freedom and more liberties and still wouldn't increase my freedom and I would still be, be free to, to not destroy my property and um, to keep my arm or um, to refrain from suicide. And, and, and I think that um, the option that I can do this is freedom. Yes, it's freedom. But then also, maybe it's not freedom, maybe it's free will. Because all those individual things then, and also what's interesting is that's after we established certain things that are yours and mine uh, then with our life and and our body this is a special occasion but then at least with property it's after we establish that there is such a thing and if we accept this then it actually doesn't interfere with others so it's not in this political arena but it's my personal free will to destroy my things and also in this broader understanding of liberty, uh, I will just give another quote to on that topic, but on this broader understanding of liberty, then it might also be a, a reduction of my liberty if, if property is part of it. But in general, I think this is more something I would connect with free will, I think. So I let me see the quote on that topic over the past 250 years the cry for liberty has also been used by conservatives to defend elite interests in their view true freedom is not about collective control over government it consists in the private enjoyment of one's life and goods let me just add another one to preserve true freedom which webster defined as the peaceful enjoyment of one's life and property, popular power instead needed to be curbed, preferably by reserving the Senate for the wealthy. And there, if you have this broader understanding of liberty, uh, we, have, we have talked about that before already, those who are maybe not necessarily the ruling class, but at least the class in power or the class in less need, so they have everything they need, then they protect this broader sense of liberty and they don't want any interference with that. So they don't want change. At least that's how I understand those quotes. I guess they, for they themselves, so we have a perspective point again, for they themselves, if you are within the rich class, the governing class, you prote protect your liberty if you defend the status quo. But probably uh, the concept of liberty also requires a, a border somewhere that you can say, okay, your liberty ends, my liberty ends where your liberty begins. So 
there can be no excessive interference with other people's liberty. We discussed before that there needs to be a certain minimum equality so that everybody can experience liberty and so forth. So there's a few mechanisms which um, would would be in place to restrict restrict this liberty of saying, okay, unlimited and uh, private enjoyment of my my life and and goods. So I cannot. I mean, I can have a weapon, but I can't have a weapon to to shoot you with it, for example. Even though for me it would be liberty to shoot you, but for you it would not be liberty to be shot. So, I think this shows that it's important that there needs to be a border for the individual's liberty when you go into the society. Mm. Well, I think is like we have we're in some way dancing around liberty, and we have seen that there are different understandings of, of liberty. And, and I think we agree that liberty, if we imagine circles, then they touch and maybe they have also common ground. So my liberty can also be your liberty, but then there is a core where other ones' liberty can't interfere with my liberty. Just that firstly, we haven't, or we are still having difficulties to, to find one notion of liberty. And that's, I don't know if it was the first quote, but one of the quotes Uh, explain that people use liberty from different perspective, perspectives and therefore it, sometimes it means not the same thing, that's the first and then the second the, the circles of liberty they are in different size sometimes they are if we think about property being part of liberty but they, we also discussed already that other aspects, if you need something, if you fear something then even though you always have free will, the, the, the small circle, and, and maybe a little bit of, of liberty around that so that you can establish your ideas in, with you, within your family or with, with your friends. But then still the, the, the circles of liberty, they are different size. And, and, and not always, I think we should, like you talked about the border of liberty, not necessarily this border of liberty needs to Uh, reduce every circle of liberty to a certain size because depending on what area you live your liberty it can be enormous and on different areas there are these interferences so I, I, I agree 100% that there needs to be border and it, often we say it's the liberty of one is the end of the liberty of the other but still I think our discussion shows how how difficult this process of finding the, the right amount of liberty is in a society where the background is so different, where we haven't reached equality on, on different levels yet. I have another question. Um, maybe, maybe you need to cut this out later, but we keep using the words liberty and freedom sometimes interchangeably and sometimes not interchangeably. Do we apply a distinction here or do we use it for the same concept? Like in my research of, of articles, uh, and I think this is also interesting to have it in the conversation, uh, like I searched for liberty because it's the, I thought it's the more usual term for this topic. And then the, 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 the text from Hannah Arendt is what is freedom? And, and mm -hmm. she doesn't explain the difference but she uses it is or she uses both uh, she uses both terms and for me it's not 100% clear if it's the same 
or um, if there is a difference. But in my use now, I try to use liberty. But when I read or hear or say freedom at the moment, I mean the same thing. Because then there's also peace and freedom and peace for me are close. And then liberty is a bit further away from freedom and peace. In my understanding. So I, just, so I just checked the definition in the Oxford Dictionary of English. And it says liberty is the state of being free within society from oppressive restrictions. So I guess they use the one word to define the other. Mm. Um, was that why you corrected yourself earlier, Toby? Because uh, you said freedom and then you said uh, liberty. Was it because the discussion is themed as, as liberty or was there another reason? Um, I kept distinguishing them in a way that I maybe maybe I, I used them wrongly. Um, but still, I think um, that maybe this is also the distinction between free will and freedom, that the one is the one um, where you look at you personally and the one is the exertion of freedom so when you when you interfere with with others that liberty is that the one that you that you exercise to the outward world and that freedom is the one the freedom of speech that you define for for yourself or where you where you take the the individual in in into into view so you you distinguish also from the perspective if you look onto yep. yourself it's you you use or you would use freedom and if you look outward to society to interaction then it's uh, um, liberty yes i think that's interesting and i think we have heard this one about the communication between citizens and if there is no communication then it's tyranny because then in some sense, Hannah Arendt uses this as an explanation of liberty because before there's the discussion that politics and liberty, they don't go hand in hand. And then politics is the communication, the process of discussion. And then if there is no communication, there's also no free speech in some sense. So freedom, if it's the, 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 the perspective of looking to yourself, then it's also necessary that there is someone. Like we also mentioned, if you go to the mountains and be there on your own, you you have liberty in some sense. But if there's no one that you interfere with, then also the 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 the, the sense of liberty loses something if if there's no possibility of restrict uh, of restriction. Um, yeah, but that's interesting, and then that's also something I thought about reading and and, and researching. What's the difference between freedom and liberty? But one thing, since they're used both, and also since the text use, they use both terms and they don't explain it, it must be really close by, uh, at least also from their understanding of, of, of the, the term. Do you remember where we left off before talking about the terms? But you had an uh, interesting quote about fascism and communism. Yep, Maybe you want to take up that quote. Yeah. <laughs> okay, this one is from the text, Left and Right, the Prospect of Liberty. It has become customary among libertarians, as indeed among the establishment of the West, to regard fascism and communism as fundamentally identical. 
but while both systems were undoubtedly collectivists, they differed greatly in their socio-economic content. For communism was a genuinely revolutionary movement that ruthlessly displaced and overthrew the old ruling elites, while fascism, on the contrary, cemented into power the old ruling classes. Hence, fascism was a counter-revolutionary movement that froze a set of monopoly privileges upon society. In short, fascism was the apotheosis of modern state monopoly capitalism. This one is a long quote, so we might even, if you want, we can listen it again. Just for the background, the text before that and afterwards mentions how liberals or how liberty in the French Revolution and the US Revolution was a left term. And then how it over time changed to be a very conservative term. And since then conservative ideals are also rather like on, on the geography of politics, you find them on the right. I think this is also interesting then if you have communism, which is you, you find it on the left and then fascism, which at least in this explanation you find on the right. Um, and then how the, the term or the, the, the movement of libertarians moved also uh, from one direction to the other. But if you want, we can listen to the, the quote one more time. It has become customary among libertarians, as indeed among the establishment of the West, to regard fascism and communism as fundamentally identical. But while both systems were undoubtedly collectivists, they differed greatly in their socio-economic content. For communism was a genuinely revolutionary movement that ruthlessly displaced and overthrew the old ruling elites, while fascism, on the contrary, cemented into power the old ruling classes. Hence, Fascism was a counter-revolutionary movement that froze a set of monopoly privileges upon society. In short, fascism was the apotheosis of modern state monopoly capitalism. Um, what, what I think is interesting here is, okay, it starts with the perspectives, the perspective of libertarians, but then besides that, liberty doesn't play a role at least not explicitly. And then that's also something we talked about already. Fascism and communism are regarded as two extreme forms of a political society or political movement. But then the, the second part says that communism is a revolution. And I mentioned already revolution that Revolution is something that is eager for liber liberty in some sense because they want to change, they want to get something. And, and then the quote says that fascism is, they, they, they cement what is and also establish that the ruling class stays the ruling class. 
And then if we think back of what we also discussed already, that it's also, it can also be liberty to say, we want this state of now to be also the future. Then in this process, that might also be a process of liberty. However, if you create a system that is based on exclusion, then the result will always be lack of liberty because then you don't you you the possibility of change in the future the, to have to, a new process of changing is actually oppressed so so first of all i would agree with the first part of the quote which says that both of these systems feature uh, collectivism so that in, in both systems, you don't really look at the individual, but you more look at the group. Whereas on the on the one side, it's uh, nationalistic and you uh, probably look at tradition and everything. Uh, on the other side, yeah, it's, pro it's probably, there's probably, there's probably more, at least in, in theory, more equality and more, and more, um, yeah, more equality, but I think what we need to distinguish is between the theory and the practice. Because in uh, in theory, communism is uh, much more is much more progressive and much more. That's the that's the point. That's the that's that's the entire idea behind uh, communism that you overthrow the old order and so forth. But that's not how it's been implemented in practice, and that's not how it's come out in the end. Uh, so the result is normally not that you would overthrow the old elite. Maybe you, maybe you overthrow some part of the elite, but you definitely cement a new elite and you get all sorts of other problems. So I guess the idea behind, uh, behind communism is, can probably to a certain extent be distinguished from, from fascism. But I would still say that uh, this idea of both coming together in the extreme is not, is not entirely wrong. Um, if we if we take um, again liberty into um, this dis discussion, I think that the main point is that both, in a way, disregard the individual, and therefore, um, I wouldn't go as far as to to say that they do not acknowledge free will as a concept, but um, for both political to political concepts to work. Um, the freedom of the individual has to be limited to to an absolute minimum. Um, in in communism, um, you say that everybody is in a way equal, and so you you reduce the differences between the individuals, what makes individuals individually, and um, therefore um, denies in a way their their existence. And uh, for fascism. The same um, applies when you when you only look at the at the nation um, that everybody has to serve in a way, and um, therefore I think that they are very close together in this in this extreme that's um, in the disregard of the individual and um, the limitation of freedom. What I like I before I said that from the starting point to be liberal was was a very left thing and now like nowadays there's this 
liberal notion, which is kind of centered because you believe in human rights and, and you believe in just what you said, the, in the freedom of each individual. Uh, so this is something modern, I think. And then this liberal notion from the French Revolution, and they, of course, they didn't, they weren't able also to implement this idea as the, the striking idea that was always mentioned in every conversation, and that was the the goal where they were, um, where they tried to go to. Because, of course, society, the way the society was back then, and who was inside of the revolution already with power they try to be the better equal against other equals but still if if we bear, bear in mind that to to one liberalism was a left thing then maybe and that maybe you also already mentioned that that the idea of communism is progressive but maybe it's even more maybe it's liberal because you try to create a society where where there is total freedom and you like the, the idea of communism is actually that there doesn't need to be a government anymore because society is so cooperative that within everyone's freedom you find a way always um, just we know that this is so hard to reach and we know that history showed us that it never came to to a, a, um, yeah to, a, to to a point where there was real liberty or yeah maybe probably all the times with communism there was later much less liberty than in other regions for sure and maybe even within the region so before the revolution there was more liberty than afterwards because then also there the elite or the, the, the group of power tries to implement themselves as a ruling class. And then they, they say everyone is equal, but still then you can't give the liberty. And what I also said before, if you create a system that has as an ideal to be the perfect system and we can't change it anymore, then that must be Uh, oppression of liberty in some sense and, and and democracy of course we also don't want to change to monarchy again or to to um, yeah to any other form where a small class or one person rules but still democracy is open for change so we can have this way of politics and another way within the system maybe but the system is maybe as open as it can be to to have change, to have new ideas, to have liberty, because there's this freedom of discussion. Everyone can join the discussion in, in or at least ideally everyone can join it. I guess why to a certain extent liberty has, or liber, libertarianism has been more progressive in the past than this today is because society has changed a lot. I mean, if you go you go back into the past if you see for example a monarchy if you have a, a ruling class with uh with a lot of financial means and uh you have a uh 
big uh, class of ruled people, um, then if every if uh, if the monarchy is dissolved and uh, um, the positions of people are made are made more equal, um, that would so 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 th there is a few revolutions which can lead uh, to more freedom for the society as a whole, um, but maybe. Um, there can also be situations where um, new rules are introduced which uh, do not do not further freedom so then you would push back in the other direction so you can find uh, I really like the idea of saying that you uh, put libertarianism uh, not on the left or the right wing of the spectrum but you put it above the spectrum because it is neither here nor there uh, it is a a different it's, it's pushing in a different direction and sometimes uh, some positions would be uh, more left-wing and other positions would be considered more right-wing but it's uh, an entirely different philosophy or an entirely different idea of how things should be run i guess i think also in in political science now they don't use just the horizontal but they also have the vertical and then it's uh I don't know how it's for you. You see me left and right, and then it's liberal, and it's authoritarianism. Mm -hmm. So maybe they, they try to, and then you have this. You can think about one political idea, and you can spot it in in one like on the left and to the liberal side, and and then also you can go to the extreme liberal, like centered left right, but com extreme liberalism. And then, uh, at least if the model works, that also means this is something we don't want to reach too much, maybe, because then other aspects are not, reg not regarded or, I don't know. It reminds me a little bit of the, um, of the uh, uh, color uh, circle you can use on your computer. When you want to have a certain color, you can drag it in certain directions and you can find your... You can find your, you can fine tune your color. You can find the perfect color. So you have a political position, and you can maybe it's slightly left wing and it's slightly liberal. So you can drag it in a certain position, or it's maybe left wing and a little bit more authoritarian, and then you uh, drag it in the other direction. Yeah, it, it seems to be a, an interesting concept. And then probably um, fascism would be on the right and in the authoritarian way and then the way we experienced uh, experienced communism would be in the on the left and also on the total uh, authoritarian way let's see i think it's the last sentence of of uh, hannah arendt's text let's let's listen into it and then see what we think about it the decisive difference between the infinite improbabilities on which the reality of our earthly life rests and miraculous character inherent in those events which establish historical reality is that in the realm of human affairs we know the authors of the miracles. It is men who perform them, men who because they have received the twofold gift of freedom and action can establish a reality of their own. And of course, we have discussed about several terms that was in this quote, but I think it's really, in the end, what freedom and liberty is about, that there is the, the possibility of creating something new, 
and to or not even new but to create something it might be something that you have seen already but then on a different occasion you you're able to yeah recreate uh, a thought uh, an action a conversation and then i think there's so much in there because there's the necessity of free will to to be able to create those miracles and to change history but there's also the need of not having or not feeling need because if you do you don't you're not able to go out there and think freely because just your your mind is always occupied with something else but then there's also the need of having an area where you can speak freely and where you're listened to and 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 yeah not punished for for going out there yes we've uh, come a long way today we've discussed many different many different aspects of of liberty or freedom whatever be the correct term <laughs> we even discussed what's the correct term and it's very interesting to see how many different uh, how many different perspectives there can be uh, to liberty and that there can be so many so many aspects to to one term and uh, yeah it's been a great discussion <laughs> so thank you for being part of the second translating conversation podcast next month on the first monday of the month we talk again and i'm looking forward to discussing about a new topic then will again be something in between politics and society in a transatlantic arena.